0: You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your host Micah from 5th Quarter ACC and Dan from ACC content. Dan how you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Um, I just got that Athlon magazine. Um, I was just skimmed through it. haven't really read it yet but I was very impressed with it. Um, I think it's gonna give me a nice little preview of all the teams and um, got a lot of stuff on the ACC in there.
0: Yeah absolutely. I've kind of gotten through acc working through the aac right now the magazine pretty good read highly recommend it i'm actually just pre-ordered my phil Steele college football bible um that will not come until august so that will be a little while but for those of you that don't know the phil Steele magazine it is by far the the most in-depth college football magazine i think athlon is a great read if you're looking for more of a, a short to the sweet to the point kind of magazine go with athlon sports but you know in terms of the overall (laughs) magazine world, the, the Athlon or excuse me, the Phil Steele is just, you know, it's 300 and some pages. Actually, I think it might be 400 this year of just in depth, you know, statistics and, you know, strength of schedule has a tidbit for every single matchup or, you know, in week five, you know, Georgia Tech might be, you know, Owen six in their last matchups or Jeff Collins is a coach is Owen seven in week five matchups, you know, random stats like that. So it's really, really in depth. Um, so I'd highly recommend that it's a little bit more expensive than the Athlon. Athlon was like 10, 11 bucks where Phil Steeles is 25. So you're going to be paying a little bit more, but you're getting a lot more out of it too. So I highly recommend that, but yeah, no, it's, it's a good read. Um, so I had to dive into Georgia tech. Sorry. I missed last week. You guys did a good job holding down the fort, kind of talking Florida state football. You now, of course they're kind of on the rise and Georgia tech is kind of in the similar boat. They're obviously a year ahead in as of this being coach Collins, second year, know, 20, 2019 by no means was a bad year. Kind of got off to a slow start there. You know, of course, losing to the Citadel in overtime is never a good look for a Power 5 team. But, you know, overall, especially down the stretch, I mean, the scare they gave Virginia and Charlottesville, of course, winning that game against uh, NC State and the ACC schedule for them, you know, huge help. Of course, Georgia Tech has the, you know, <laughs> most unfortunate uh, draw in terms of schedule, in terms of cross conference, of course, always having Clemson, and then you throw in an in-state matchup every year with Georgia. You now they're not they're not getting the, the the nicest of schedules, but you now 2019 transitioning from the triple option, you know, there's. A lot of positive signs to look at. You know, obviously it wasn't a great year. Three and nine is is three and nine, but overall, I mean, I think what what Jeff Collins is doing at Georgia Tech, you know, they're heading in the right direction. But do you have any uh any any, any thoughts on the twenty nineteen season for the Yellow Jackets, Dan?
1: Yeah, like you said, obviously it's not great when you um you know you win only three games in a season, and um you mentioned that bad loss to Citadel. There is also Temple, so I don't really think there is also, it was like one of those situations where they underperformed. Um, that might be the case this year with the record, but probably Miami was their only significant win. I think um, going into 2020, it should be a better year, but maybe it's a situation like two where the record doesn't show their actual team improvement um, with obviously the rest of the conference improving. And like you said, that really tough schedule, Um but I really like Collins. I like the way, you know, he builds that culture. Doesn't come in with a great resume. Only um, went 15 and 10 at Temple, but definitely come, came from some winning programs. Um, he coached for Nick Saban at Alabama. And his final job before he took the head coaching helm at Temple was the defensive coordinator at Florida, which is among the most high-profile coordinator jobs in the country. So really like Georgia Tech as a program to invest in but maybe you know for the long term more than the short term
0: yeah absolutely i mean i really like what what Coach collins and then staff's doing on the recruiting trail of course you know they're really playing into the atlanta vibe with the 404 the culture the, the atl um you know vibe i think that's a huge part that you know paul johnson just you know we were talking about this before we got on the show you know he recruited the hard nosed, grit guys. And and now, you know, they want athletes at Georgia tech and they can get it. I mean, there's a lot of talent in that Northern Georgia area, you know, that's been going to Clemson and going to Georgia. So, you know, be able to compete with that. I think there's a lot of upside. I mean, if you're a recruit looking to be in in a major city, you know, and really enjoy the city life there, (laughs) there's no, no better place in the ACC than Georgia tech when you're literally in downtown Atlanta. Um, So definitely a, a good move for there. I mean, Any recruits that kind of stood out for 2020 on your end, Dan?
1: Yeah. um, So obviously, when we look at that Georgia Tech recruiting class, we're going to start with Jeff Sims, um, a top 10 dual threat at quarterback. And he comes in with a lot of excitement. And I really think that he could push James Graham for that starting nod. As early as this year, you know, if things take a downward turn, I really think he could take over that job. We'll talk about that. A little more when we get into the schedule but um of course there's also the running back jameer gibbs who is their highest rated recruit who um you know adds to a very good backfield which already features jordan mason who by the way started to really grow on me um but overall i think it's a really critical class for jeff collins you know ranked very well 27th in the country to start that um long process of changing the personnel to the way he wants it to be, like you said, from that um triple option to a more, you know, conventional type of offense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, going off of 2019, of course, you know, full transition and where they're coming from. But, I mean, that Georgia Tech offense really, really struggled. They were the worst in the ACC and, and you know, points per game averaging less than 17, which, I mean, in modern college football, 17 points per game is probably not going to win you very many. Um, you know that was that was actually 124th in the entire country so there weren't very many offenses that were struggling to put up points more than Georgia Tech and a lot of that came from you know just a lot of you know growing pains field position was killer I mean their their defense was starting with the fourth worst field position in the entire country at the offenses for the opposing team starting at the 34 yard line I mean that's that's pretty tough to kind of deal with and and, of course, they struggled with explosive plays. I mean, their longest play of the year was that touchdown pass against Virginia early in the game. I believe it was 70-some yards. So, I mean, they weren't really a very explosive offense. I mean, look at the, even the games they won. You know, of course, they dropped 28 against Miami. Um, but some of that came off some trickery and stuff like that. And, of course, in the NC State game, another 28-point victory. So, And they really weren't putting up points. I think 28 was, yeah, their highest output. They got twenty eight three times and, and they were two and one. The only time they lost was that game in Charlottesville. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of growing pains and, and you've kind of attested to it, you know. This is a Georgia Tech team that, you know, might not improve too much in the wins loss category, but I think overall, you know, it's gonna be a much much big improvement overall for this team. You now they're bringing back 10 offensive starters, seven defensive starters, so, you know, definitely huge. They will be breaking in a new kicker, so that's definitely something, you know, to kind of take into consideration in terms of, you know, points per game. Hopefully they can, you know, end in six instead of three. Uh, but, I mean, overall, I think, you know, Georgia Tech is, is on the upside. Like you said, I think it's a wise bet. Maybe not bet on them for 2020, but 21 point and 22, you know, those years could be a little bit of an upside, but – like you said, we're kind of touching on the schedule. You know, Georgia Tech schedule is not super friendly. You know, when it's sandwiched with Clemson to open the year and at Georgia to end it, not really the way you want to go about, you know, uh, rebuilding, I should say. You know, it kind of reminds me of some of the years where Virginia's non-conference schedule was, you know, getting Oregon and and, and you know struggling with a top-ranked Virginia Tech team. You know, you've seen it with you know, UNC kind of scheduling some tougher games, but you know, nothing's tougher than Every year being guaranteed to play those both Clemson and Georgia, two top five teams in all college football. So, of course, you know, we'll go through the schedule here kind of game by game, but of course, opening the season at Clemson. I think, I think everyone here is in agreement that I don't, I don't think Georgia Tech finds a way to win that one. And I think that there's a chance that it could be a sleeper game for Clemson, you know, with everything going on with COVID 19. Who knows? Maybe Georgia Tech can, you know, catch them sleeping for the half. But I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, but I, I don't, I don't see that one going well. Uh, moving forward, of course, you know, Gardner-Webb the following week, that should be a clear-cut win. I don't want to guarantee it because, of course, we saw what happened last year with the Citadel. But I think that was just, you know, an early kind of growing pain. For the first-year head coach, I think those things have kind of been worked out. And, and Georgia Tech's uh, a much better team than that. But, you know, week three is going to be a huge test. You know, UCF coming into town. You know, UCF fans don't even think it's going to be a challenge for them. I think that you know UCF is going to be able to put up points and slow down Georgia Tech's offense. Where do you kind of sit on that game? Of course, it's a big game for for the Yellow Jackets, but you know, do you think Georgia Tech should, has a chance in this game, or is this kind of one of those games where you know it's more yeah. of can we compete?
1: Well, I mean, out of the three out of conference games, it is definitely, I think, in my opinion, the most winnable, and um. But, you know, I think the Knights of UCF just bring back too many weapons at offense. They have Dylan Gabriel at quarterback, Greg McRae at running back, Otis Anderson is kind of a utility guy, Trey Nixon at wide out. I mean, they are losing Gabriel Davis to the NFL, but um, UCF is just too much for me, too many weapons for me to pick against them.
0: Yeah, and that's fair. Um. I've always been a big supporter of UCF in terms of I love the whole claiming the national championship. I'm on board for them being the national champions. Love the atmosphere there. But I'm not very high on UCF. And, and of course, their fan base is saying, oh, last year was a fluke year. But look at what UCF accomplished last year. That resume is awful. Their best win is Stanford, who was 4-8. and I mean, that team could not beat Memphis, did not beat Cincinnati, lost to Tulsa, lost to Pitt. I mean, yeah, they blew out Marshall in a bowl game, but that wasn't a fair matchup. Marshall was a seven and five conference USA team, you know, playing in UCF's backyard. Yeah, everyone's like, "Oh, it's Tampa." Tampa is more UCF than USF, as much as that's an insult to USF. It's kind of the truth. It's only an hour and fifteen minute drive from campus to Raymond James, so it wasn't like you know, it was a it was a home game, definitely for UCF. I'm not fully sold on them. I'm not going to say that Georgia Tech's going to you know win this game or anything like that. I actually do think in terms of my predictions going through it, they do win that game. I think this is the game that kind of solidifies the the steps in the right direction for UCF – or excuse me, for Georgia Tech and kind of a sign that UCF is not – not really, you know, that was a a three-, four-year thing. But, you know, I could be wrong. I'm not – it's not an insult to UCF. I just – of course, some bias is kicking in here too. But, you know, I think that this is a game that Georgia Tech – probably has circled on their schedule because, you know, you mentioned it of their conference games, you know, excluding Gardner Webb, of course, you know, this is the most winnable one on the schedule and, you know, a chance to really set the tone. And for a lot of these guys, I mean, Orlando, a lot of Orlando, Florida kids, you know, are are, are on the Georgia tech roster. So, you know, this is a chance, you know, Atlanta and Orlando are competing cities to begin with. And this is, you know, a chance to, you know, if, if you are against the whole UCF claiming national title thing, this is a way to kind of punch them in the mouth and, it wouldn't shock me if a lot of the countries pulling for Georgia Tech in this game to kind of, you know, silence UCF. So, you know, it might be one of those things where just enough kind of breaks their way and, and kind of goes well. But you know, moving forward the following week, they got to go play the preseason favorite in your opinion and, and in many, many opinion, with UNC. I, I'd, I'd, even if they win or lose the UCF game, I don't see how Georgia Tech wins this one. You know, they're going to have to fight with UCF the week before. So I really don't see it breaking well for for the Yellow Jackets here. But, Mary, are we in agreement that this is probably a a win in Chapel Hill for the Tar Heels?
1: Yeah, um, I really think this is another game where the Yellow Jackets are just kind of overwhelmed by a team with, you know, a bunch of offensive weapons. And UNC is pretty well-rounded. Their only weak witness is maybe that pass rush, but it's not like Georgia Tech's offensive line play will be that great. Actually, it was – quite awful last year. I believe that it was ranked second to last in the country just to Florida State last or maybe reverse those two. But either way, I think that North Carolina takes this by at least a few possessions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, in terms of battle of matchups, I mean, you had a high-powered offense, defense that kind of struggled last year. So I kind of agree with you there. And then, of course, the following week there, they're going to Blacksburg, a place where, you know Georgia Tech has had actually some success over the last few years. They've they've found ways to kind of escape Blacksburg. Of course, you know, last year's Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech matchup did not go well for the Yellow Jackets getting shut out forty five to nothing in Atlanta. But again, I'm high on Virginia Tech. Of course, I think they're gonna win the coastal. So I think this is a hokey win. Uh, are you in agreement with that as well?
1: Um, yeah. I think um you know, it's just a, another very tough road game. The Hokies are just very good at all levels of their defense, so it'll be very difficult for Georgia Tech to put up points. Hendon Hooker in the offense, not that either. Um, so, yeah, this is another loss, unfortunately, for the Yellow Jackets. And, you know, one in four might be the point. You know, do you think that maybe they make that quarterback change and Jeff Sims comes in? I don't know. Maybe try to turn things around.
0: See, I don't see Sims coming in that early, especially, you know, with everything going on. You know, I think it's too soon to kind of give up on the season and especially give up on on James Graham. He's only a sophomore, so it's not like, you know, it's a senior. where all right. You know, the season might be lost. Let's plug in a a freshman. I think this is James Graham's job right off the bat. And I don't think that early in the year they're going to give up on him. Um, you know one thing to dig into consideration of course you know new coaches new staff everything's kind of changed but Georgia Tech has won the last three in Blacksburg so you know history sometimes finds a way to repeat itself so maybe Georgia Tech wins this one but um, you know I don't think I don't think they're going to abandon uh, James Graham just yet and they get a bye week also kind of prepare things so that might help your Sims case and, and maybe you know lead to a quarterback change because, you know, going into that, they, depending on where you're at, I know I have them at two and three, you have them at one and four, you know, you could kind of see the season loss, but I mean, you look at that schedule and, you know, you're, you're, you're checking off the two top teams preseason in the Coastal. You're f- top, uh, facing a top, two top 25 teams really with Clemson, of course, in the ACC and then UCF and from the AAC. So you're really looking at, you know, you look at this schedule going into the year and two and three, three and two, you know, three and two would be great. Two and three would be, you know, very nice to have. And, of course, one and four is kind of what people are expecting. So I don't think they abandoned ship yet. And you know, they, they play Virginia the following week after that bye. Um, I actually like the Yellow Jackets in this game. Georgia Tech has had a lot of success against Virginia over the years. Again, of course, new coach and everything like that. But even last year, Georgia Tech gave Virginia quite a scare in Charlottesville. Uh, I think this is a, a chance to recuperate off the bye and really, you know, put their best foot forward and you know Virginia's got a lot of question marks on offense defensively I think that you know they can slow down Georgia Tech but I could see this game you know coming down to a a last minute drive kind of like how it did two years ago with uh Georgia Tech winning in overtime if I remember correctly uh, against UVA so I think Georgia Tech wins this one gets on the board in the conference but you know what's your opinion Dan of course you're a Wahoo so uh well you know non-biased Wahoo of course so kind of what's your opinion on this? Does UVA have more weapons than I think, or is this a good chance for Georgia Tech to get in that win column on the ACC side?
1: No, I think this is actually going to be a Georgia Tech victory. But um, first off, man, these past few years, these Virginia-Georgia Tech games have actually been really, really good and really down to the wire. You know, there just seems to be emerged these, like, mini rivalries where the teams, like – otherwise don't really have any hate for each other but just like the um the games are just always close and intense and competitive so maybe virginia georgia tech is one of those but um yeah i'm going to give this one to the jackets probably like you said a lowish scoring affair but i think um this is kind of the time where mason and that run game emerge and um georgia tech defends their home turf with a victory and um regarding sims by the way i'm not sure See, I don't think that putting him in would actually throw away the season. I think he has more upside than Graham, in my opinion. So perhaps maybe putting in Sims is what they need to meet these, you know, tough teams on their schedule, you know, have the most upside as possible. But I definitely see what you're saying. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's not an insult to what Jeff Sims can do. I just think that, you know, throwing in a, a true freshman quarterback like that who might have a shortened fall, you know, yeah, I mean, everything's kind of, you know, of course, crazy with, with everything going on with COVID-19. That I just don't think it, 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 that'll happen that early, maybe a little bit later on in the year, you know, if you need a spark. But, I mean, who knows? It also depends on how those Georgia Tech games play out. I mean, if James Graham is getting absolutely <laughs> manhandled, throwing picks, fumbling the football, just not you know, really having control of this offense, then, I mean, yeah, you, you, you're probably right. You, you go with a guy that you know can give you a spark or at least, you know, Gives you a reason of optimism as a program, but you know I do like James Graham, so I'm also you know, favoring the fact that I think that it's his starting job um, for the next year or even two. But um, well, you know, of course, after that Virginia game, I'm kind of kind of glad we agree there that that's their first ACC win. Of course, that's three and three for me and, and two and four for you. But going to Pitt. You know, I'm not gonna lie. You know, a couple of weeks ago when we started this, I wasn't as high as Pitt. But you know, doing some more reading, and you know, kind of was thinking about it and talking to a couple of friends of mine within the ACC. Uh, not even Pitt fans, Miami fans, Florida State fans. From back when I lived in Florida, you know, we were talking about if this season gets kind of sh- you know, it's shortened, or even if it's just you know, July 15th is when it ramps up. You kind of want to go with the teams that, you know, have a lot coming back and kind of have a culture. You know, Virginia was talked about, we talked about how they have a good culture. I, you know there's winning cultures at, you know, Clemson, of course, and stuff like that. But, you know, Pitt's one of those teams that's bringing back a lot. I mean, offensively, I'm very high. I think Kenny Pickett's a, again, not top three, top four quarterback in the ACC, but has a lot of upside, of course, you know, weapons on the outside, as well as that. Ent- pretty much that entire defense is coming back, a very talented defense. I don't think Georgia Tech gets this win, especially You know, they're going to be kind of riding high from that Virginia win. I don't see them going to Heinz Field and finding a way to win that game. Are we in agreement there, Dan?
1: Yeah. um, You know, I'm not as high on Kenny Pickett as you, but I just think the rest of that Pitt team, outside of, of course, the quarterback, is, you know, just – they're just incredible all around on their defense especially. And, um, you know, I don't think this is actually the greatest matchup for Pitt, but I just think that Pitt will – pull off this assure win just because they are the better team. Um, I think Whipple, the offensive coordinator for Pitt, will kind of develop a game plan, kind of get his backs into space, You know, maybe get to utilize that new tight end transfer in Lucas Cruel from Florida. So um, really exploit that Georgia Tech deficit linebacker. So um, in my opinion, like you said, another Yellow Jacket loss.
0: Yeah, and then, of course, next week, I think this, I don't know how you feel about it looking at their schedule, but I think this might be the biggest game on Georgia Tech's schedule the following week going to Syracuse. I think it really shows where Georgia Tech is. You know, they're traveling on the road to a place, you know, I don't know. I'm sure they probably have, but when was the last time Georgia Tech went to Syracuse? Maybe never. I'm not really sure. I kind of want to look it up. Uh, maybe we'll make that a trivia question or something like that uh, on your page. But, you know, going to a place like Syracuse, where again, not the most hostile environment, but the Dome is going to be rocking, you know, looking at kind of not going to do any spoilers for our Syracuse pod, but going into that game, I kind of see him at a 3-4 win area, which, you know, Dino Babers is going to probably be on the hot seat at the end of this year if they don't make a bowl game. So I think that's, you know, a big game for Syracuse. It's one of those games where I think team-wise we're kind of even. I think. You know, I think that, you know, DeVito might be a little bit better quarterback than Graham. But, you know, you're looking at two teams that, you know, both were kind of near the bottom. Syracuse kind of, of course, did not exceed expectations. Door to kind of was just there. I like Syracuse in this matchup. I think this is going to be a very, very close game. But I think that, you know, Syracuse is just going to need it a lot more. And they're going to find a way to win uh, this one. But where are you kind of sitting with that, Dan?
1: Yeah. So to answer your question, um, Georgia tech has actually never gone to Syracuse before. So they played each other three times ever. I just looked it up quickly. Um, they played in 2013 in, in Georgia tech. Um, they played in 2004 in Orlando, Florida at a neutral site. And then they tied in 2001 in, uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey. So this'll be the first time ever, but, um, I think Georgia tech wins this one too. Um, No specific parts of this matchup really stand out to me, but I think the Jackets are just a better team in general. And like we said, with a schedule like this, getting to bowl eligibility will be difficult. So um, I don't think Collins will let a game like this slip away from him. So um, I think this is win number three for Georgia Tech.
0: Yeah, and that's fair. I mean, I think that just kind of depends on where you're looking at. I think Syracuse needs it more and has a little bit, you know, more – talent within the system that they have, but who knows this, this is definitely going to be a big game. You now, of course, following week Georgia tech hosts Duke. Um, surprisingly, you know, if you look at, you know, the schedule or anything like that, I, I can't remember exactly our prediction, uh, when we were doing the Duke uh, predictions on my end, but kind of doing some more research over the last couple of weeks and actually reading the Athlon magazine, I kind of think this might be a Duke win. Um, this is a game that I think goes either way. Uh, depends on kind of what you're, you know, again, we have a lot we don't know about Duke. Is that defense going to be able to keep up? But, you know, I believe in Chase Bryce. I do believe in Coach Todd And kind of like the same reason with Syracuse. If Duke is going to reach a bowl game, they're going to have to win a game on the road in conference. And this might be their best bet, better the NC State game. Uh, so, again, this can go either way. Uh, I actually don't see Georgia Tech winning this game. they're not done winning in my opinion but I don't see them winning this one Uh, but where are you at Dan if I remember correctly you had Georgia Tech winning this game
1: um no I actually had Duke winning this game and I'm gonna um uphold that prediction um I think this is a winnable game for Georgia Tech but um I think I like Duke in this one um I talked about it on the Duke podcast how their defensive front will make it Very difficult for the Jackets to get things going on offense. Um, On the other side, I think Deion Jackson will get a heavy workload. But, um, you know, if not, they always have Chase Bryce to fall back on, who I think I'm a little bit higher on than you are. Um, But either way, I think we we both agree. I think the Blue Devils still win Atlanta.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, the following week there, hosting kind of i guess you know they're just going five minutes not even down the road to mercedes-benz to host notre dame but i mean i don't think door has got a fighting chance in this one i think this is just another you know (laughs) poor jeff collins and company and this again like we're going to probably preach at the end of this and we've already mentioned before you know this team's record probably won't show for who they are in terms of their improvement from last season but you know this is a game that i just don't I don't see the yellow Jacks yellow jackets, excuse me, winning, uh, Dan, correct me if you disagree, but you know, moving forward the next week is Miami and hot take. I think this is their Georgia tech, you know, kind of ends the year off and kind of gives that fan base some confidence moving into 2021. You know, of course uh, on my front, this would have, you know, this would be the, the fourth win for the yellow Jackets, second in conference. Um, I think they find a way to get this one done. Uh, not as high on Miami as a lot of people. I'm not as high on Derek King as many. Again, I think he's could be very similar to a Khalil Tate at Arizona. Um, I actually just watched a great YouTube video on what happened to Khalil Tate from being a Heisman candidate to undrafted. So you know, I think this is one of those kind of set the tone. Georgia Tech, of course, won that game last year in Coral Gables, or I guess it would be in Miami Gardens, playing at Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, but you know. I think this is Georgia Tech pulls this one out. It's going to be a pretty good game. And you look at the history of Miami football late in November, and they always seem to find a way to lose a road game. So this would not surprise me if this is the one that, you know, kind of catches Miami late. Of course, we're going to be talking about Miami here in two weeks. But, you know, I'm kind of on the Georgia Tech, you know, ends, ends the season. Of course, they have Georgia the following week, but you know, ends ACC play with a positive win, just like they did last year with NC State at home. But, Dan, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think we're actually on the same page here. I think Georgia Tech comes and um they defend their turf and they come away with a win. Um you know, I don't know how many of you are interacting with me on my Twitter page, but I've was started off very high on Miami and over the course of the off season I've just gotten progressively lower and lower on them. Um and like you and you know, of course like you said the um the Yellow Jackets did do did do it last year. They upset Miami, you know. They have a good secondary, the Jackets do. So if De'Ara King does turn out to be all that, that they're, that they're hyping him up to be, the Jackets do have that group to lean on. Um, in their upset last year, it was the creativity factor, you know. Obviously, that famous play where their punter, Presley Harvin, the GOAT, threw a 30-yard dime down the field for a touchdown. So I expect things like this to be fully on display for a Georgia tech win over the hurricanes.
0: Absolutely. And for those of you that don't know, I was actually at that game. Uh, I actually had a sideline pass for that game. And I remember going there, I lived about two hours west in Florida, in the uh, Southwestern part of the state. And was, you know, wondering why I was going, this is my third straight week going to Miami game. I went to the Virginia tech game two weeks before that in the Virginia game on a Friday night, those three straight home games for Miami. I actually had season tickets and, happened to have a media pass for the Georgia Tech game and I was kind of wondering why I was going it was one of those things where it's just like am I really gonna go watch Miami beat the living you know breaks out of Georgia Tech especially after you know beating that Virginia team the week before I kind of started to get some confidence again in, in Miami and kind of what they were doing and you know I, I remember I was actually on that sideline where that pass went to on that fourth down play and like you said the go delivered a, a beautiful dime and uh, I've never seen a, a fan base, you know, that's where I really got to experience what Miami fans go through, you know, seeing the the, the, the Virginia Tech game where everything was going terrible and then they, you know, spiked up and thinking that they, they, they come, came back and, you know, of course Virginia Tech ended up winning the game, but Miami came all the way back. So kind of saw the roller coaster within a game. Of course the Virginia game was a very low scoring, but, you know, Miami found a way to win. So the fan base was up again going into Georgia Tech. they were all excited. Oh yeah, here's a win. And then all of a sudden you got the same kind of treatment they got with Virginia Tech where up, down, up, down, and, of course, ends with a loss. So, it, again, I, I like Georgia Tech in this matchup. And I, I am a full believer in what Jeff Collins is doing. And, you know, anytime you can set a, kind of set the tone going into the offseason, you know, it's huge because, of course, the following week they're going to Athens. And as much as I want to take my ACC bias and my dislike for Georgia and say, you know, of course, you know, Georgia Tech fans, to hell with Georgia, right? But, you know... I can't. I can't do it. Uh, I, I'm not yet not sold on the Jamie Newman at quarterback play, but let's not pretend like Georgia's defense is not a top three defense again in college football. So of course, you know, I, I just don't see Georgia Tech putting up a lot of points here. Last year, they kind of put up a fight for a half, for quarter and a half against Georgia, but uh, again, I think it's about as far as it can go. Maybe, maybe it's interesting late in the third quarter, maybe, but I don't see it happening. Dan, I think we might be in agreement on that one, and if we aren't, just, uh, of course, let me know, but it's like we both have, you know, Georgia Tech going four and eight. Sounds like we're going, you're going three and five in conference, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going two and six, um, but I mean, Dan, what's your thoughts? I mean, I think, you know, like we said, kind of going into this, of course, you know, we both have them four and eight, so that's a one-win improvement. I actually haven't going two and six in the conference, so of course, it's not an improvement on that record on the ACC front, but you know, this schedule is brutal. I, I, I know originally months ago I had Georgia Tech going six and six because I was so high on this team that I didn't really pay attention to who and when they were playing these other teams. But, you know, of course, looking at the schedule, you've got four or five top top 25 teams on your schedule. And then, you know, unfortunate breaks with going to Pitt and going to Syracuse, you know. Dan, I mean, give me your thoughts on 2020. But I think this is going to be a team that's going to be drastically improved. But Again on the on the and the, the scorebook, it's not going to look as great as you know what you're going to see behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, like I have been going four and eight as well, but um, like you said, yeah, it doesn't mean I'm not high on their program. Um, I think Collins has them trending in the right direction, but like, but yeah, they just ran into a really tough schedule. But you know, the recruiting is there, the personnel is changing for the better. They have some you know exciting players on their team you know marion brown i don't think i've talked about him yet but i really like him a big playmaker um just seems like every time he touched the ball it was either a touchdown or some sort of huge play you know they have jordan mason on the offense who kind of made up for that bad offensive line his yards after contact numbers are just insane and um you know trace willing on that defense so um I do expect right things for Georgia Tech down the road. I think they have much more, even if I have them with four wins, I think Georgia Tech fans have a lot more to look forward to this year. Um, But like I said, just might not show up in their record in 2020. Yeah, I think they're
0: gonna be a lot more a lot more dog fights this year than of course they were last year, you know, with eighteen point losses to Duke and sixteen point losses than UNC and of course the Virginia Tech game a forty-five point loss. And they're gonna be in a lot more football games. So like you said, at least you know you'll be able to be invested in the games and you know, start buying your stock for 2021, 2022 for Georgia Tech fans, anyone that wants to you know do some really far out prop pets. I don't know if those are even available yet, but you know, if you looked at the twenty-one 2021 schedule of course they're still going uh they're playing Georgia at home and they're traveling to South Bend in 2021 so you know that's still two really tough out of conference games but hosting NIU might be a little bit easier than hosting a UCF program and of course you know they have I think Kennesaw State which will be a nice little fun kind of Atlanta metro Atlanta matchup so that'll be a fun little game um of course for Georgia Tech but and they draw Boston College at home and the Atlantic crossover besides Clemson of course or yeah, Atlanta crossover. So, you know, there's a lot more reason for optimism for 2021 for a bowl game. Uh, I think I think if Georgia Tech can beat Miami late in the year, that can kind of be their bowl game. And of course, you know, if they can beat UCF, stay competitive with you know UNC, Virginia Tech on the road, stay competitive with Clemson at home and, and Georgia on the road. And that's a lot of you know take, gotta take a lot of moral victories for 2020 for these Yellow Jackets. But Dan, any closing thoughts on the Yellow Jackets before we let you go?
1: Um, yeah, I think, like you said, bowl eligibility is pretty possible for them. Um, I have them going four and eight, but I also have them losing to Duke so that that's definitely a winnable game. And then I don't know where they squeak out another one, but, you know, maybe it's maybe it's um, UCF, like you said, Uh, maybe it's at Pitt, probably not. But um, yeah, don't if you're a Georgia Tech fan. Don't think I'm down on your team. I'm very high on Collins and their program. I, um, you know, I'll rave about it. Um, so, yeah, pretty high on Georgia Tech. And um, lots to look forward to.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely say I'm, I'm excited to watch Georgia Tech football this year, which last year wasn't as much much uh, much interest for me. So definitely excited for it. And, you know, you mentioned it there. There are games, you know, if I I have them winning at Syracuse, if I have them, you know, beating Duke, I mean, that's six and six right there. So there's there's cause for optimism uh, within the Georgia Tech program. And like you said, you you hit the nail on the head. This is not a, you know, we're so negative against Georgia Tech. I just think they're a year away. And, you know, if they were to have a spring ball, if you know, if things were kind of normal, you know, if they had spring ball and stuff like that, we could kind of see a little bit more – there might be more of a reason to flip them to a five and seven, six and six. I think the culture's there, but when you're separated from your program in the middle of a complete rebuild, I mean, this program, again, Georgia Tech was not a bad program, but, you know, when you switch from a triple option to uh, a more spread it out kind of style with with, with what Collins is looking to do, you know, with the recruits. And again, no, no offense to the kids at Georgia Tech, but they're just, they were recruited to be in a system for the option, (laughs) which is a little bit different than the spread. So, of course, you know, you want to make sure that, you know, things kind of trend in the right direction. But, Dan, you know, always great tra- talking with you. Excited to talk. Uh, we're going to be on Louisville next week. So, you know, both you and I are kind of high on the Cardinals. Um, you know, of course, Georgia Tech fans, to hell with Georgia. So, of course, we'll kind of wrap it up there. Uh, we appreciate everybody listening. And uh, hopefully next week we'll have some more positive news, you know, in terms of potentially playing football. Dan, read that Athlon Sports Magazine, Get you know, immerse yourself in as much as possible because there are some really cool informational stats. I won't read off the Georgia tech ones that are in here because a lot of them point to being in the worst in the nation with some stuff. So we won't, we won't, we don't want to end this on a negative note, but things are looking up in, in Atlanta. And I, I definitely believe that Jeff Collins has them trending in the right direction and excited to see what 2020 and hopefully, and what 21 uh, 2021 has to offer for them as well. But Dan as always appreciate your time and uh, the hell with Georgia and, and excited to. You know, see what we got for the Yellow Jackets and talk Louisville football next week.